Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, Matt. So I get an email from, uh, I get emails from a lot of different sports betting websites, you know, just to talk about them on the air for content. And this particular one came from sports betting AG, which I've used on the air before. And I say that because you can go to a lot of places and get a lot of different odds. So this is, this is not universal here, but I thought it was notable. This particular email that actually said, Hey, take a look at who the league MVP favorite is now. It was Josh Allen, not too long ago. And at sports betting AG, Justin Herbert has now taken over the top spot for MVP favorite in the NFL. Not by much. Justin Herbert's a plus 550. Josh Allen's a plus 600. And then you go down to Mahomes at plus 900. Burrow at plus 1100. So they're both pretty entrenched as the top two. But Justin Herbert has passed Josh Allen. And the reason given on the email was after a rumored air it out assault coming from Brandon Staley, basically (laughs) meaning... The Chargers are going to throw the ball every play, and he's going to put up a bazillion bonkers numbers, basically. And that's why Justin Herbert is the favorite for MVP. Now, I don't think Bills fans care as long as Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl, who wins the MVP. Mm-hmm. But I get a lot of Bills fans who basically have said, oh, my God, that's garbage. How can this happen? I can understand how it can happen, even though I might not agree. Might not agree. This comes back to the conversation we had in the first episode about the schedule and when we were talking about how the AFC West is just going to all beat up on each other. And I very much like Justin Herbert. Like, he could certainly have an MVP-type season, but he also is going to be in a division with a bunch of other teams that appear to be contenders. And if he finishes third in the division and maybe they miss the playoffs or he doesn't have as great of a year as people think he's going to have. I just, for the odds that he's listed at, at plus 550, I just don't think there's any value in that whatsoever. And I feel like with all of these kind of betting websites and different places where you can place your bets, I am no betting or gambling expert by any stretch, but to me, it's all about value. And I don't think, I don't think he's a value. And quite frankly, I actually don't think Josh Allen's a value either. I think Josh Allen could win the MVP, but at plus 600, I don't think that value is as good as it is with Aaron Rodgers at plus 1400 or Tom Brady at plus 1400. I mean, those are twice as good odds, if not a little bit more. So yeah, I, I think personally, if you ask me right now, who is the favorite to win the MVP? I would say Josh Allen is the most likely to win the MVP because he is a freak of nature. The bills are going to be really good and he's got just as good, if not better weapons than he had last year. That being said, at plus 600, if I was putting my money on it, I think I would lean elsewhere. You know, it, to win an MVP award, usually it goes to a quarterback. We know that. Mm-hmm. It has gone to other positions. But, A, you have to have the statistics, there's no doubt. But, obviously, your team has to have success as well. 
here's the path I think that Justin Herbert to justify it for all the Bills fans who are upset about this. Look, I mean, they do have a, a really good team. They did get Khalil Mack. If they overtake the Kansas City Chiefs, and let's remember, voting is done only in the regular season. This is not a postseason award. MVPs, all those kinds of things, player of the year, coach of the year, that's all regular season that it's based on. Matt, if we get to the end of the year and Justin Herbert puts up really, even if he's just slightly below Josh Allen's numbers, and they beat the Chiefs for the division, mm-hmm. I could see Justin Herbert getting enough votes for MVP. Oh, absolutely. And that's the that's the thing. I mean, there's a reason. Look at the favorites. Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. We are talking about six players who are leading teams that are contenders. There's a reason that happens. Like these teams are good because these quarterbacks are exceptional. So I could see any of them winning it. I'll tell you, though, I'm looking at the list. How about Dak Prescott at plus 2,500. I know mm-hmm. people are going to listen to this and they're going to scoff and they're going to go, Dak Prescott. But value, oh, value. Plus 2,500. You throw 10 bucks on it. If he wins, you win 250 bucks. I mean, That's Lamar pretty- Jackson's at 2,500. He's already won an MVP. I know. It's crazy. I didn't six even out of the Lamar. eight, by the way, the top six out of the eight are from the AFC. Not a surprise, right? Not a surprise. The AFC is just so freaking loaded with these quarterbacks. It's unbelievable. And that's what's going to make this year so much fun. I mean, I'm looking at some of the other ones. How about that? Jalen Hurts has better odds than Lamar, Kyler, and Dak. (laughs) That's pretty interesting. Yeah, they've really made some changes on that team. Here's some other odds, though, for you. Not just MVP. That's really interesting. I did notice, and Bills fans are happy about this one, I think. James Cook, the running back out of Georgia, Buffalo Bills second-round draft pick, tied for the third-best odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's only behind Kenny Pickett and Chris Olave. They're at plus 600 and 800, respectively. And then it's James Cook, Brees Hall, and Sky Moore all tied at plus 900. That is the only grouping, those five, below a plus 1,000, which means you know those guys are all getting a lot of love here. And I could see a path to James Cook being voted that. You know, you think about, well, he's not going to get much volume. Well, where where does the, um, the, the Rookie of the Year usually come from? A lot of times it's quarterbacks. I don't know if you have a viable option this year. Kenny Pickett's the number one guy. I don't think Kenny Pickett's necessarily going to win rookie of the year. I don't even think Kenny Pickett's going to start the right. season for the, for the Steelers. And if that's the kind of thing, I mean, Kenny Pickett's not going to win rookie of the year if he plays half of the season. That's just not going to happen. So then you start to look at the other guys. And I think James Cook has a very compelling chance at this because of the situation that he's in. Like, there's a reason the Bills added him. He fits a need in this offense. I go back to with James Cook. The Bills tried to sign J.D. McKissick. Like they were spending money on a free agent running back who has been in the league for a while. So clearly this is a position that they are trying to address, whether that's the 1B to Devin Singletary's 1A or they're looking at this from a completely different lens. The Bills went into this offseason knowing that they were going to address the running back position. The McKissick stuff doesn't work out. Then they ultimately end up drafting James Cook in the second round. They trade back a couple times because there was also Isaiah Spiller there. So I think they probably liked both of them, and they were just going to say, hey, one of those guys is going to be available. We'll take whatever one is there. One of the things we mentioned in the first pod was that James Cook, when I went out on the practice field, I was a little surprised by his size. I know that he's not his brother. And that's why he was a second round pick and not a first round pick or a higher second round pick. Delvin has become, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. 
That being said, you also realize how shifty he is. And I'm never going to say that somebody is not big enough to be a dynamic player because Isaiah McKenzie is not a huge guy. And he has been a really dynamic player for this team when given the opportunity. So for James Cook, I think he is going to be very involved in the passing game. I think he's going to get a couple handoffs every game, Mm -hmm. let's say five, six, seven, somewhere in that range. But I think he's going to be a difference maker. And I think given the Bills, high-powered offense that they're going to have, Ken Dorsey taking over, they're going to run probably a little bit more 11 personnel with the addition of O.J. Howard. It's a much more viable second tight end than they've had in years past. I could see this team using the running backs a little bit more. But I also don't want that to scare away Bills fans because people (laughs) are like, oh, just let Josh Allen throw the ball. Using the running backs more does not mean that they're going to hand it off to the running backs more. It means, hey, maybe there's some screen passes. This team has had like five successful screen passes in the last five years. Maybe this becomes a part of the offense. So I think James Cook is going to carve out a nice little role here. Yeah, I agree with all that. I just got I got a couple different texts the last couple of weeks from friends of mine around the country asking me what they should do with James Cook in their dynasty fantasy draft. And I'm like, same thing you said. I said, look. He's going to be involved. It's a PPR league. Go get him. I mean, you know, he's going to catch passes. I don't know what work he's going to get the goal line. Probably not much. Who knows? Not going to get a lot of volume carrying the ball, but he's going to see the ball. He's, he's in a great situation because he, he, as you pointed out, they have a plan, I think, for that type of player and that player. But yet at the same time, he's not going to be expected to have that workload of what, you know, Devin Singletary. To me, Devin Singletary is still the number one guy. Now, on the defensive side, Kyrie Elam has the 11th best odds, according to this website, uh, sports, sports betting AG to win the defensive rookie of the year. And I don't know, man, I think a lot of this depends on, and I don't you know, 11th best, whatever. He's probably right where he belongs. But when I think about his, you know, what, how much time he's going to see, I think it all still depends on, we talked about this the last podcast a little bit, Tredavious white, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like where he is, what he is. I can't see Kyrie Elon not starting over Dane Jackson. He's not going to get handed the job, but depending on what happens with Travis White might depend on who he sees, what receivers he goes against and how he's used. Well, yeah, we might see him get thrown right into the fire right. week, week one. I mean, if Tredavious White is ready to go and it seems like one of the things Sean McDermott said during OTAs is that Trey's on schedule, right? I don't exactly know what on schedule means, but it's better than behind. So that's good. Um, and he's been around the facility a ton. We've both seen him out and about. So I think that he's trending in the right direction, but Kyrie Elam week one, go against the Rams, Cooper cup, Allen Robinson. Good luck. Cause you're going to be on one of those guys. Probably that makes things a little bit tricky. So I do think that he is going to get the opportunities. I think he's going to win the starting job. And I think he's going to play a lot of snaps for this team. That being said, when you're talking about defensive rookie of the year, it's going to all come down to like how many interceptions does That's the guy right. have. Facts. And it's not like, yeah. And it's not like he was a ball Hawk when he was in Florida. He's just a really solid cornerback. The bills don't need somebody who's going to get six, seven, eight interceptions. They just need somebody who's going to play the position the way it's meant to be played and just kind of, you know, do everything. Sure. Interceptions are great, but I mean, the year that Trey was an all pro, what did he have? you know, off the top of your head? Cause I, I don't remember, but it wasn't a ton. Six, maybe five or six. Like, that's what I'm, yeah. That's yeah. So like, you know, we're not talking about anything crazy. We're not talking about Trayvon Diggs from last year. So yeah. Kyrie Elam, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a shot, but I, I wouldn't put any money on it. By the way, the top guys for defensive rookie of the year, no surprise, mostly edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton is there. He's just a super player who can play everywhere for the Ravens, a safety. 
George Karlaftis, uh, Quay Walker, Jermaine Johnson. So you get down, then you get into the Ahmad Gardners and guys like that. And then Daryl, Derek Stingley Jr., Kyrie Elam, just below that. And then finally, to wrap this one up, so Sean McDermott is actually the favorite right now, solo favorite, for coach of the year in the NFL. I have no problem with this as far as um, understanding why. Uh, and I understand that Bills fans might be upset about the way last season ended and coaching decisions. I, I get all that. Like that's part of sports, but Sean McDermott is very much deserving to be in the mix for coach of the year because he has, a, he has an opportunity here once again, to have a fantastic regular season, which is voted on. He could take the team to the Super Bowl, And I think that, you know, the division he's in is going to give that this team an opportunity to maybe be the top seed in the AFC. And when it's all said and done, people will look at that and say, yeah, you might have the best quarterback. You might have a really good roster, but you still did a really good job coaching. The thing that's weird to me about the coach of the year stuff is that I almost feel like coach of the year should be like the coach that leads his team to, you know, heights that they haven't been before. And I know that's not the spirit of the rule, but like the bills are really good and the bills have been really good. So for does two the years. best with the least. I, I agree with you, right? Do, the coach that does the most with the least, right? I think that's the good way to put it. Yeah. I agree that a lot of times I would vote for the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, Here's a weird analogy, but like when I think of last NHL season hockey, like I think you could argue that Don Granado should have been in the conversation for coach of the year. And I know the Sabres missed the playoffs by a bunch of points, but they far exceeded expectations. So for me, when I think coach of the year, that's what I go to. We know Sean McDermott is a good NFL coach. The league knows that he's a good NFL coach. What does he need if the Bills go? 14 and three this year or 13 and four. Are we really learning anything about Sean McDermott as a coach? So I don't know. That just, it feels a little weird to me. No, I totally get that. Um, I agree with you. Generally, I go with the coach who does the most with the least, but sometimes a coach just that's, um, that's penalizing though, to me, a lot of times guys who just do a really good job. That's a good point. You know, I'm like, I don't know, like Phil Jackson to me, part of his genius of coaching was actually being able to coach the superstars on the bulls, yeah, right? Yeah. Even though it's not necessarily the tactical stuff he had that, but being able to coach really good players is part of coaching. It's part of relating to people. So I can understand that as well. Now, what's interesting to me about this particular, the odds on this coach of the year, Brandon Staley, the chargers, we know he's going to be right there. Maybe he has a chance, you know, he's up there. The next two he's tied with actually at number two behind Sean McDermott, Dan Campbell and mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels. Yeah, 100%. And that goes to the conversation we were just having. Dan Campbell, a lot of people think the Lions are going to be better this year. I don't know if that means they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that. Right. But if they're floating around 500, based off of what we saw last year, that team lost a lot of really close, heartbreaking games. With the influx that they've made on the roster this year, I could totally see him. And then as far as McDaniels is concerned, like that team should be good. So I could see both of those. I think that they make a lot of sense, but at the same time, the odds aren't exceptional. I mean, those guys are plus 1400 McDermott's plus a thousand. If you think the bills are going to be, you know, a super bowl contender, you might as well throw 10 bucks on Sean McDermott because it would pay out a hundred. And that's a pretty good return there. A couple of names real quick that just stand out. Bill Belichick and Andy Reed are tied for 18th on the odds for coach of the year at plus 2,500. So that everybody knows. And how about, uh, former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable coming in in the top 10 plus 1800 for coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to have a really 
that that would go back to the conversation we just had. You know, you have to have a really good year and you know, kind of rise up a little bit there. But I thought that was interesting. Brian Dable in his first year, he is uh, listed. I think the Giants are in for probably a bit of a decline because they're going to reset the roster with Joe Shane and how he wants to mm-hmm. do it. But you could see Belichick in the mix for the playoffs, and of course Andy Reid in the mix for even the AFC, and yet he's 18th overall in the odds, tied with Belichick. My favorite guy on this list as the odds are right now is Frank Reich at plus 2,500. And I think because that division isn't very good, I think the Colts are going to compete for that division. If they compete for that division, that means they're probably going to have a lot of wins. They're probably going to make the playoffs. He's had success in the past with the veteran type quarterbacks that they've had their carousel the last couple of years. And I think Matt Ryan is probably better not probably Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan is at least as good as Philip Rivers was a couple years ago. And I mean, that team took the bills absolutely down to the wire in the wild card game. And that was a really good bills team. So for me, I think the Colts are going to be a sneaky, good team this year. I don't even know if it's sneaky, but that's where I would put my money because the odds are so good. I think he's a good head coach. who has got a lot of respect around the league. And I think that that's a very realistic chance of, you know, actually happening. Pretty interesting and, and good for Bills fans to see so many Bills listed. By the way, Von Miller is up. He's top 15. I think it is in uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and obviously you can understand why for that. All right, there's a big golf match happening. We just talked about our golf games, but Josh Allen's involved in one. 